It's in the danger zone. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Ooh, sorry. No, sorry. We're sorry, we're laughing. It's just that was bad timing. Sorry, we're laughing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another uh, special edition of the VIT podcast uh, featuring our dual sports internationalist um, and all round VIT legend, uh, Steph Towns. How you, how you doing, Steph? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having us on. And did you like that intro? Did I miss anything? No, that was spot on. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, Steph, uh, I've been doing a lot of these interviews with people who have been around the game maybe a bit longer and, and that sort of thing. Um, and I thought, you know, you've got a lot of experience in, in hockey um, in, in all different uh, formats of the game. Uh, could you tell us a bit about how you got into ice hockey and, you, and you know, your, sort of your, your background growing up playing ice hockey and, and hockey in general? Yeah, sure. Um, it's it's always been in my family to be honest since probably the the late seventies. My dad grew up playing um for Whitley Bay. Um, so did my two uncles, Peter and David Graham. They were both goalkeepers for Whitley Bay as well. With him, um, my dad played for Whitley Bay his entire career. Um, coached as well for a long time after. Um, so I just grew up really going to the rink with him, me and my brother, um, who's five years older than me. We always used to go along when he had games or um, or training, and usually after games back then we could just go and skate on the rink. Um, no real health and safety, just people used to be bombing about um, in the 90s after games. So we just grew up really um, being launched into it. My brother took a bit more of roller hockey, which was a bit bigger in the 90s. I stuck with ice. Um, started probably when I was about seven years old with the junior program at Whitley. Um, and then followed that for a while up until under 13, which I think was under 14s at the time. I can't remember which way it stopped, maybe 12. Um, but then I stopped for a few years. I focused on football. I used to play football quite a lot as well for the county. Um, was trying to get a bit further with that. And then uh, so stopped ice hockey, really. I was a bit more focused on football. And then came back to ice hockey when I was about 15. Uh, played with the women's team again. So I had a few years out, which I, I always regret, to be honest, not in a dramatic way, but I just wish I'd uh, kept on for a bit. Uh, I think I would have got a bit further a bit sooner. Um, but other than that, it was quite a quite a good journey. It was a fun journey going along with my dad and stuff. And a lot of people in my family played, uh, but I'm the only girl that does. Um, and then my cousin, Alex Towns, he's played a lot with uh, university hockey and everything in Whitley Bay through the junior programme. Me and him used to just play street hockey in schoolyards and stuff, smashing windows for for years on end, um, and that's how we started our journey. Cool, cool. Um, and uh, I remember when I was younger, um, obviously Whitley Whitley Bay Warriors are kind of a legendary team. I mean, yeah. What's it like, sort of, growing up in Whitley Bay? Is that is that the main sort of sport around around those parts, or is it is it more football? Um, I think I think it's a bit of both. I think the football teams had has a really good reputation as well. 
Um, and I can't remember which year it was, but they got to, to Wembley um, and won some sort of cup. I'm not sure there'll be people shouting at us for not knowing what it was, but um, <laughs> they, they, they went pretty far. Um, I think growing up with the age that I am, I think all, all the kids that grew up playing hockey in the 90s and early 2000s, like I think that was like the prime year for it. Like my dad always talks about like the glory days in the 80s and like the Castle Eden Cup and the Heineken Cup and all that with the rivalry with uh, Durham. Um, that seemed to be like the the big era for it, and everyone has really really fond memories of it. But that that spirit is still there. It's just just a little bit different. That's all. And and going to see your dad play for the Warriors back when you were younger, were they was the arena rocking? Was it full back in those days? Quite often. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from what I can remember, because he he stopped uh, in ninety four ninety five for Whitley, um, and he played a bit of um for a wreck with the Islanders after that, um, which still drew some crowds, to be honest. But from what I can really remember, some of my earliest memories are like the, the rink just being absolutely rammed. Um, atmosphere was brilliant, especially playing against uh, some of the more local teams as well. Um, I mean, my brother can remember a lot more, but I do have some of my earliest memories are from the rink just being full and just the spirit being brilliant. Okay. Okay. And uh, what was the, what's the big rivalry for, Whitley Bay. I mean, what was it back then? Um, back then it was Durham. I think until the the rink closed, uh, the wasps like that was always massive. Like just watching back, um, old like VHS videotapes of of my dad's games. It was just fights galore. Like the crowds were wild. It was always between Durham and Whitley, and I think a few of the Scottish teams as well, like Murrayfield. Um, that was that always seemed to be quite a, a violent clash that my dad used to speak of. Um, but it was still like every 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 like set of fans still tended to root for each other. Like they all seemed to speak about each team um, in quite like a like a well like a high spoken way. So I think it was just the spirit of just British hockey back then seemed to be booming. Yeah, and I remember growing up a little bit. Obviously, I played in Scotland, so I didn't play across the border too much. But um, there was there was rinks back then in Durham, and obviously in Sunderland. Did you did you ever get the chance to play in those rinks? No, no, I don't think I did. I think it was just just as I was starting that they were closing because Sunderland. I remember Sunderland then moved to Newcastle Arena, um, which is sadly no more. Um, but I think it was just around that time that I started that everything was starting to close. So sadly, I I didn't. Or if I did, I don't really remember. And um, so what's your what's your earliest sort of memories playing hockey? Um, you said you started when you were seven. Um. And was that that was under thirteens? You you said is that is that right? Yeah, well, I started um, when I was seven, so I did. I think it was classes under tens then, because it's different now in in England with under nines and elevens, thirteens. So I think it was under tens, but I started when I was seven, and I did under twelves, and then I stopped when I was about eleven or twelve. Um, so I. Only had a few years of it, really, but alongside that, I always played street hockey as well, just just literally in the street. I don't mean like any formal roller hockey. Um, but then I stopped for a few years after that. Okay, and um, when you stopped, you you played football. What what was it like coming back after after a gap? Um, it was it was good. Like it was it was enjoyable because I had I had kept up my skating with my rollerblades, and I I went skating a lot anyway with. Um, like on public sessions so it was good to get back into it it was just a lot different because at, at the time I was 
probably the well I was the youngest on the team and I was playing with with women who were like in their 30s and 40s and stuff so it was different in that sense but it was definitely part of the experience and uh, when you came back was that straight into the uh, the senior women's leagues or was there was there another few years of junior left um for you no, I didn't. I didn't do any juniors. Um, I just went straight into women's. I, I probably could have went into 16s now, thinking back if that was the age group, but I just missed it out and just went straight to to senior hockey. Okay, and um, and then eventually, obviously, uh, you ended up uh, playing playing a bit of BIHA hockey. Um, I think you mentioned your cousin there as well. With the the Kings was your your first foray into BIHA, as I as I've worked yeah. on elite prospects what what was that like yeah that was brilliant I mean that, that was when it was there uh, Northumbria Flames so we're going back going back a few um dynasties here but um I, I started when I started university in Northumbria my cousin was at Northumbria as well so we just um jumped on the bandwagon with a hockey um it was just a good laugh it was a really good atmosphere and um, we met me and Alex both met some friends that we, we still have to this day that are either still playing or still knocking about or in rec hockey. Um, it was just a funny experience. But um, actually, in, in one of the games, I got really injured. I'd, I'd hurt my knee. I think I'd torn a bit of a ligament on, on the side of my knee and that actually put us out for about a year and a year and a half. So I actually missed missed hockey properly because of uni hockey. Um, so I was I was like in and out um with my knee but still it was it was good memories anyway I mean there was no first aid or anything there wasn't really any urgency to <laughs> to help us out or anything I think this was in a, a D side actually a very long time ago like 2010 or something um but other than that apart from that um nearly ending my career entirely it was it was a really good laugh for the Kings, well the Flames okay and then you uh you made a jump that not not many have made um, across to across to Newcastle uh, Wildcats set up. Now was yeah. was that largely because the women's team were were getting set up at the time, or was 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 there another reason for that? Just moving university or or whatever? Uh, no, it was just um, to do the women's. So at the time, I think it was twenty. 14? Oh God, I can't remember the years. But I think I was just finishing university. Um, and my friend Hannah Maurice, um, she mentioned that they were trying to set up a, a women's team in Newcastle, um, along with a few others, Jess Ward, um, and Stu. Oh my God, I forgot your surname. He's gonna hate us if he's listening. Um, Jess's partner anyway. Um, they started a women's team and said, would I want to be on board? So I, I jumped in to to help a bit. Um, and they did a great job. We were recruiting some girls. Um, so the, the move, to be honest, was just because they had a women's team and they asked us if I wanted to play a bit. And then I ended up staying there years and then uh, coaching the team myself after the first year. So that was a, a definitely good experience. But it, it didn't come without any um, raised eyebrows from the Northumbria lot, though. <laughs> um i'm i'm sure i'm sure it it, it, it didn't uh but the uh the, one of the things i was going to ask you about you can maybe explain the backstory here the the uh the wildcats women's team had a sort of unusual colored strip how, how did that come about oh, to be honest i don't really know i think at first we were just using loads of spares in like the sweaty kit bag and then 
I can't even remember who sorted out the shirts, but they literally just arrived in this like teal colour we thought would go totally different with teal, which to be fair, I do like it. I'm not going to lie. It's one of the best strips that I I own. Like, I love that shirt. But I think there was a a few batches that we got because some of the orders came late and every single batch was a different shade of teal. So nobody actually had the, the same shirt. Um. But the, the the teal did actually go down well. Obviously, it didn't amongst um, opponents, but it did go down well with the girls. I mean, I, I quite I quite liked them. They were they were different. Um, yeah. I, I just was curious as to how obviously Newcastle colours red, navy, and and, and white. How how yeah. you came to the, the landed on the teal, but that's you know it, it made you stand out certainly. So. Yeah, I think it was just to totally separate from the the blue white and red um just to be totally separate so it wasn't really a home or away shirt and actually i think i think it was to mainly so that we only had one shirt because there was no other teal um team other than i think maybe cambridge women if they wore their blue top um so i think actually in one one of the nationals that we had we did play the cambridge team i think we had to swap shirts because they wanted to wear their blue um but I think it was just just to be a bit different and stand out from the the other groups. And um, you, if correct me if I'm wrong here, but did you also play at the same time? Were you playing for the the A team in the Wildcats as well? Yeah, I did a stint with them. Um, I was on and off with them really. I I mainly didn't want to commit too much to the the A team, um, just out of pure fear. Like I'm a bit of a wimp, and obviously since I I hurt my knee. Uh, playing for the Flames for the A team, I was a bit scared in case something like that happened again. I think uni hockey sometimes a bit more unpredictable than other games that I've played, to put it nicely. Um, so I think sometimes I was a bit reluctant to to step up and play, but when I did, I absolutely loved it, and it was a great bunch of um, guys and girls that were playing as well. It was always led really well, so it was something that I actually enjoyed when I did take the step. And um, the uh, the. Obviously, the the women's team. What was it? What was the sort of highlight of playing for the Newcastle women's team? Um, um, I would probably say the first the first nationals that were that were had. Um, we managed to get the semi final, and I think if I remember the right one, I mean the all emergent one to be honest. But the first one, I'm pretty sure that we only lost one nil in the semi final. Um, or at least one of them did, and I think just just the spirit of the girls when we went to that first nationals. Obviously, the, the good thing about uni hockey is that it it brings people in that have maybe never even heard of ice hockey or even skated or or even been like part of a sports team before. And I think it's that that kind of um, like team morale that that makes it a lot more enjoyable. Like there's girls on there that have like never really been to a tournament and like we're looking at like semi finals and nearly at finals and just the format format of it all and just seeing how much people. That that was the the highlight of it, seeing how it all came together and how how we pulled it off. Okay, and then and then of uh, course beating Northumbria sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I remember there being a lot of friendly uh, Twitter Twitter uh, exchanges or less yeah. than friendly Twitter exchanges between uh, Northumbria and Newcastle. Um, yeah, back back in the day. Uh, now um, you now correct me if I'm wrong. Were you involved in the the first ever women's nationals that took place at, at Nottingham? Or um, no, I wasn't because that was um, during time when I was working. So 
it was when I was still teaching. So it was like during the week on a Wednesday, I think. And I was absolutely gutted because I, I couldn't get it off. So I, I wasn't a part of that one. Um, but the feedback from the girls was that it was brilliant and it was really well organised as well. So it was good to hear, although I was gutted that I couldn't make that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, before before I move on, because I'm going to ask more about, about hockey in general, but before I move on, what was your what's your highlight playing for, for the A-team for the Wildcats, just in case any of those teammates are listening in and feel <laughs> offended that I didn't ask that question? Um, highlight? Um, I'd say it, it's probably one of the more recent ones, actually. I do remember a, a very good assist um, that I managed to pull off, not really sure how, um, but it was to Kirill, um, one of the players for Newcastle. I think he's still playing. I'm not too sure, actually. Um, very skilled Latvian player. Um, I, I was playing defence at the time, not really sure why, but I just fell into that position scooped it up from behind the goal line literally into the air at the blue line he managed to get it on his stick and scored and I think that was against Northumbria as well so it was like a double highlight everyone was foaming Kirill <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, is that the very tall guy where's that? Yeah. yeah yeah so skilled he's great yeah. to watch good hands really fast um good goal scorer good finisher I think that, that was definitely one of the highlights playing with with somebody like him he um he actually is a decent goalkeeper as well. I know that he. Uh, yes, he was. Yeah, he ha- he had a bit of a stint. He was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And did you ever have you ever taken the pipes yourself? I have, yes. Um, and I was hoping you wouldn't ask that because it was for Newcastle women. Um, it was sort of my turn to just jump in, and it was against Northumbria, and we lost twenty-eight nil. Well. Because <laughs> I was in goal. <laughs> Yeah, um, and well, you're in goal as well. They maybe yeah. lacking a little bit of firepower as well. So uh, yeah, <laughs> um, was, uh, we we did well at the battle, but uh, to be honest, I I let them down because some of the goals weren't even worthy to be recorded, but there were all 28 of them. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> now, um, one of the things I was I was going to ask about is obviously you you play for uh, Whitley Whitley Bay Women's at the at the moment. Yeah. Um, I think you might be in touch with with Nick about possibly joining this sort of amalgamated Northeast Women's team as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I mean, what, what's your what's your thoughts on on that setup? Do you think that's a, it's a positive step forward for? Well, it's good getting a women's team back in the Northeast. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, I do. I think it's a really good move. Um, hats off to Nick as well for for getting it off the ground, doing the stuff in the background because it, it's definitely not easy. Um, but I mean, it's something that with that Nick, I know Nick has been quite passionate about for for a lot of years, especially since Newcastle managed to to form their team. Um, and we had a pretty good run with it. But then it was it was last year that they decided not not to have one at all anymore. So I think once something falls, it's even harder to get it back once it's already been there. Um, which was a shame because there's always so many girls that register for for the for the uni teams generally in the northeast like Northumbria and Newcastle, um, and I think although mixed hockey is good and I, I do think there's so many positives to it, I think that when it's at university level because a lot of the girls that do come in unless they already play, um, they, they tend to be like total beginners and I think sometimes you just you need a bit of a platform for them just to be able to just be beginners without any fear of like like lack of ice time or getting hurt and stuff like that so I was a bit sad to see Newcastle didn't 
continue their women's team um but the, the club's still grown in numbers, which is another positive in general. So I was happy when, when Nick mentioned that he was trying to get something off the ground um, and even better that it would try and link both clubs because I think it's something that, that we maybe need to, to kind of bridge that, that gap of the old rivalry. I mean, obviously the rivalry is still good to have there when uh, they, they play each other, but in terms of expanding it a bit and opening it out to all the girls, I think it's a move that, that was ready to come. Yeah, great. That's great. Thanks for that answer. In the, in the women's game in general in the league, I've I've kind of noticed from obviously being around Beth mainly, that a lot of the girls seem to know each other. Is it is it is it quite a tight knit group across the the women's leagues, or do yeah. you guys not know each other maybe so well? I, I'm not I'm not sure. The vibe I get from Beth is that she knows a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, Beth is just I would say is the queen of of British women's hockey. Um, which I don't know if she'd like that title, but that's definitely the one that people would give her. Um, but I think in terms of just women talking in general, not necessarily just uni. I think if I think everyone pretty much knows each other or, or knows of each other, maybe knows what teams have played for, which I think makes it easier when when people do want to either move teams or join a university team. There's all there's always a face that that you're going to see, and I think that's a good thing as well for girls that are coming into the sport as well like even at university level if they're brand new to it there's always going to be good like role models there such as like Beth and stuff to to be there who have been through hockey and are able to offer like that that welcome advice I think that's important yeah I mean I yeah uh, I mean one of the things that struck me about the the sort of camaraderie I guess across the league is when we were doing Beth's tournament um, that you, you played in, and yeah. I think it was yourself you asked to, to play with Louise because she was like yeah. one of your really good friends. And I was like, "Isn't Louise from like Guildford or something?" You know, yeah. it, was, <laughs> it was it was great to see that there was such a, a close knit bond. And of course, that tournament I I thought was was a good day out for everyone. Oh yeah, it was amazing, brilliant. Uh, except when I made the terrible decision to let you play for Kingston. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that that ruined the tournament for everyone a little bit. I think Louise did as well, didn't she? Yes, uh, yeah. both of you. Uh, <laughs> I, I got a, I got a sort of wry smile from Beth saying you've just picked the best players to play against us. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, uh, I'll take that compliment anyway. Yeah. Um. So, uh, you um, you obviously don't just play ice hockey. Um, you've been out in your rollerblades a lot. I've seen that on on Facebook, and you yeah. seem quite keen on your rollerblades. Um, do, do you play in a roller hockey team as well? No, and I, I never actually have. It's just that I've, I've always had rollerblades since I was young, um, and it's just something I've always done, like literally in the street or um, old school car parks and stuff like that. So I've never actually played for a team. I've never actually played an official roller hockey game either, but it is something that I'm looking to pick up a bit more Um but I just because I play ball hockey as well, that that's been my like other hockey where I know a lot of girls have roller hockey as their other hockey, if that makes sense. Um, but I've never actually played officially for a roller team. It's just something I do um, like when I'm bored or in this lockdown, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I saw that you went out out with your dad for a game. Uh, who won? <laughs> um. To be honest, we were on the same team, so technically we both won. Oh, that's good. Uh, playing against some other dads and, and kids and stuff, so um, he's, he's still 
ridiculously nifty on skates and even ball hockey as well. I mean, he was playing like with me in, in leagues and national tournaments and stuff only a couple of years ago. And, but he had to have a, um, a hip replacement from a really old injury. So he's, he can't, he can't ice skate, but he has to be careful in case it literally like falls out again. So he has to take it easy a little bit. But even for that, like you, you wouldn't be able to tell he's, he's definitely still got it. Um, and uh, you, uh, you've mentioned ball hockey there. Um, every time I seem to see things about ball hockey with you, you seem to be playing for different teams and things like that. Now, that yeah. might just be because I'm not entirely sure how it, the sort of ball hockey leagues are set up, but what's the sort of setup for the for the ball hockey league, um, etc. at the moment? So th- there isn't actually a league in the northeast at the moment, but the, the, there always has been. It's always been like one of, one of the biggest with... Um, like really good talent distributed quite evenly throughout the teams. Um, so generally, I've always been affici- um, affiliated with Northumbria Sharks, um, which was something that was formed um, as a bit of an off-ice thing for like the old Northumbria Flames and Kings. Um, that's kind of stuck. So we just kept the Northumbria name, even though it's got nothing to do with the uni. I guess it's to do with the area. Um, but there's no league in the northeast at the moment, but there is throughout the country. There's different conferences like Southern and stuff like that. Midlands and all that um and then there's like we have a women we don't have a women's league but we have women's tournaments like qualifiers um so for that it, we just tend to like sort of bounce between different teams or just like make a daft name up every now and then so but the the, the women's program's growing really really fast every year because a lot there's a lot more people getting involved in it especially at younger ages like younger younger players from ice backgrounds as well um, coming into the junior program so it's something that's growing like really really fast um, and a lot of people are, are seeing seeing the value in it as well which is good to see um, and uh, in terms of ball hockey I mean obviously the main difference is that it's not nice but what what is the sort of differences in, in fitness that you require for ball hockey compared to ice hockey um, if I'm honest ball hockey is like another another level like I know a lot of people love ice hockey because and I don't think anyone will admit this but I know everyone thinks it that in ice hockey you can you can get away a little bit with not being that fit because you can you can glide a bit and you can um sort of like lag at the back a little bit and not necessarily look like you're you're lagging because you're unfit but with ball hockey because you have to be moving all the time and it is very stop and start and you have to sprint if you move and you can't really like jog or walk with the ball. It, it becomes very apparent how unfit you are straight away. So I think with that, that that's why I quite like it. Cause if I've, if I've been out for a little bit, as in like, if it's off season, then I go to play a bit of ball hockey. I know straight away how much my fitness has dropped. So I'd say it's a different type of fitness. Cause even with ice, if you feel like you're doing a lot of off ice training, you feel like you're really at your peak. You might then go to ball hockey and realise actually that you you need to work on a little bit more. So I would say it's more of just like a different bit of fitness, but you definitely need to, to um, have like a few weeks to get into it because you just get tired so quickly. And it, this might seem like a really dumb question, but um, is, it, is it more tricky to, to control a ball or a, or a, a puck? Um, I think with a ball, it's... Again, it's it's a bit different because because it's a lot lighter the ball. It's therefore a bit easier to stick handle. But then shooting is just 
totally different because if you shoot the same way you do in ice, the ball will just go straight vertical up in the air. Um, so you've, you've got to just change your technique a little bit to keep the ball down. Um, and you've also got to learn pretty quickly how to, to shoot whilst you're moving because everyone makes the same mistake as soon as they start. Uh, if they've come from ice, you start running with the ball and shoot and you just fall straight on your face because you just expect to be gliding the same as ice. So it's just little tweaks, really, of the technique that you do. Um, but it, it, it it's it's quite a lot harder to control the ball because it bounces a bit more and it can roll over your stick. Whereas with a puck, because you know it's heavy, you can feel the weight of it. It's a bit easier to push that around the ice. Okay, okay. Um, and uh, you, you obviously you are a GB player for ball hockey. Um, how how did you get picked up for the international program in in ball hockey? Um, probably goes back quite a few years to be honest. I think Ali Cree um pestered me and my cousin Alex to jump on the uh, junior team. I think it was like the under 20s or the under 21s or something like that. Um, a long time ago, maybe it was like 2011, 2012. Um, I didn't go, but my cousin did. He went away uh, somewhere in Czech Republic. Um, and this was at the time when the Northumbria uh, Sharks had just started, as in like a little offset to the Kings team for ice. So I went along to a few sessions, um, but I, di- I didn't really like it. I actually hated it at first. I thought, oh, this is this is crap. Like it's not it's not ice hockey. It's just pretty much like smacking a ball around a hole. Um, but then, so I, I stopped it for a little bit, and then I went back to a, a women's session um, a couple of years after that, and I started to really take to it. Um, and then I th- that must have been like 2014, and then 2015 was the first world championships that i went to in switzerland but it was all pretty much like last minute i think i had just jumped jumped onto one of the trials just to go down and see what it was like but i still had that um sort of prejudice in my mind about thinking oh it's crap like it's just a crap form of hockey i won't like it but as soon as like with the run-up to world championships it was all getting like quite a bit serious and a bit more enjoyable and then since then i was just absolutely hooked and i can't i can't like unlike it now um, as much as it hurts your knees and your shins from running, but it's it's just I think I just hated it at first and then forced myself to like it and then here I am. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting for the over uh, the over fifties walking version <laughs> of the game to come out. Get yourself uh, on it. There is a vets team, you know. They're going away next year. Thirty five plus. Oh, I'll be thirty five next. I'll be thirty five this year. Maybe there maybe you I'll go. You'll, you'll be one of the spring chickens on the team, man. You'll be brilliant. <laughs> um. Now, um, one of the questions I'd, I'd already pre- pre-planned to ask you um, is, um, what's the difference like in a day? Sort of, you, you've we'll get on to how you got into Team GB ice hockey, but what's the difference like in, in prep for a game day between ball hockey internationals and, and ice hockey internationals? Um, for a game day, I would, I wouldn't like to use the word more serious because it's it's definitely not as in more serious in ice prep it's not that it's more serious but i think there's there's a lot more structure to to the gb ice prep which i think is mainly down to like getting routines in like our heads and like in in the team prep um just because i think there's a bit more at stake with with ice worlds um i know i've only been to one so i can't really speak for what it might have been like before but i think just with it being so structured and prepped, it 
it's it's mainly what I what the benefit from it that I got was to, to just get your head in the game. It was more psychological. Um the prep for ball hockey, I think everyone kind of had the, their own ways of doing it and there was not really any general consensus other than maybe it's the times that we had to do stuff. Um, but that that actually worked probably better for just the crowd it was at ball. Um, everyone doing their own things. We all came from different hockey backgrounds. Some people haven't ever played ice at all. Some people have only ever played ice. Some people have been new to ball. So because everyone had a different background and different ways to approach it um that actually made it work and then once it was like sort of half an hour before game time that's when we all sort of came together and 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 did the same thing and the same prep with off ice and stuff um whereas gb it's kind of a a, a gbi sorry it's like a 24 7 thing um in terms of like breakfast and and getting up and um and uh doing that like we had a walk before um the tournament games and things like that so i think it was more of to be structured to kind of psychologically benefit you whereas um gb ball was a bit more like sort of loosen up and enjoy the experience and then get serious right right as we had to okay okay um i've maybe done this in a bit of a silly order but uh <laughs> the um ball hockey's got slightly different rules to ice hockey is that is that correct obviously it's yeah there's a dry land element to it but yeah. what what's the uh, what's the main differences in the rules apart from apart from obviously the dry land element <laughs> um the main one that is quite difficult to get used to is something called a floating blue line so all the markings on the we'll call it the court but i'll just say rink so all all the markings on the rink are the same with blue line red line and all that and face off um but one once you enter the zone with the ball over the blue line, the zone that you're allowed to play in then extends to the red line, the centre line. So to to clear the the zone, you have to get the ball out over the red line. So say if I went in over the blue line with the ball, I can do a quick delay and come back over the blue so that we now have that that entire half of the rink. Um, so that that actually makes it harder to defend against because. Um, mark and players is, is is really different. You've got like a bigger bigger zone to to be responsible for, but it opens it up a lot more for offense. You can create a bit more with more space and keep the ball to the outside until you want to take a chance. Um, to be honest, I think I think that's the only rule. Just the floating blue line. Um, icing's the same, uh, except you can change on an icing just because of how hard it is actually to ice the ball usually you only do it if you if you're really desperate for a change so they, they allow you to change on an icing which is um probably the only difference that and offside that that actually kind of covered my next question was what did they oh, actually yeah. what did they actually call icing and <laughs> yeah oh actually they call it the they call it flooring do they call it flooring yes they do they call it flooring and not icing which Sorry. is weird, but I mean, we all call it icing, but the referee will call flooring, flooring the ball. That's that's fair enough. Are you are you still allowed to use your feet to to control the ball and things like that, like you are in ice hockey with a puck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do that. I mean, it's probably one of the easiest ways. Like when a when a ball's bobbling because it bounces so much, and sometimes it has like a bit of backspin on it. You kind of have to put your foot on it a little bit to control it or knock it forward. Um, but I think one of the most common injuries and the one of the one of the most um, painful injuries is getting a ball to your big toe. Like honestly, I think there's about ten people on 
um, the GB team that have broken the big toe just from getting like a hundred mile an hour ball at the big toe. Like nobody has any toenails when you play ball hockey. It is disgusting. Oh dear. <laughs> um, and in terms of uh, sort of crossover skills, there's obvious stuff, you know, stick handling and stuff. I think yeah. you you mentioned that you were maybe guilty of it. I'm I'm sure I've been guilty of it. Sort of treating ball hockey as a kind of you know hockey junior type thing. Um, yeah. what, what would you say to someone who's maybe maybe feels that way just now and and could maybe benefit from playing a bit of ball hockey? Um, I would say I would honestly say I think if you play ice hockey, you should play ball hockey in in some form, whether it's just for the off ice um, point of it or even just like an extension of the camaraderie from ice, like the the cracks the same as well, like change room and game prep and stuff. Um, but I would say I think one of the, the main reasons I love it is just because of how, how much it, it helps with your fitness and your shooting and your game awareness. Um, so in a sense, I'm a bit selfish in, in the reason that I play it is to, to work on all those things. But because because of that first world championship that I went to in 2015 with GB Ball, I'm absolutely hooked on like the electricity of it. Like It was brilliant and it's so... Um, professional in some of the countries that we're playing in in Slovakia. Um, we this year, last year, sorry, we played in the same uh, arena that the the World Championship was in, the ice rink in Kasica. Um, so it was literally a couple of weeks after that tournament had ended for GB men, and um, we went into that rink. So I had the same changing rooms um, as all the big teams. And then when Slovakia play, because it's it's professional over there for them for ball hockey. The, the whole arena was full. It was on TV and everything. Like it's just absolutely wild in Czech Republic and Slovakia. So it's 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 a huge sport. Um, but I think the the main thing I would say for people to get into it over here is the fact that it's grown very very quickly and, and especially at internet um, the skills gap and stuff and even like the the age gap between. Um, younger players starting and older players that are on the team that's starting to, to bridge as well and people are starting to, to get into it younger um, and seeing the benefit of it so if anyone's kind of wondering to get into it it's absolutely all right to turn your nose down to it at first because that's what I did and I think all will agree as well that that's what they did but once you get into it you you really are hooked if if you love hockey in general. Um, yeah I, I think what what won me over for it, I have to say, was I watched a couple of your games. Obviously, uh, a couple of girls I've coached were playing um, when you guys yeah. were over in Slovakia, and I watched a couple yeah. of your games. And the actual the the setup seems a, a lot more akin to ice hockey, whereas having watched roller hockey, it's four on four. There's no offsides. Yeah. It's a bit more shambolic in terms of yeah. the sort of setup in the zone and stuff. Which is that's their yeah. game. It's no, I'm not criticizing roller hockey either but um, yeah. I think I just noticed that you could learn a lot of your positioning um I would say from from ball hockey would you would you agree with that oh yeah totally um I think that's one one of the the big things like that that people like it for especially people that are making the crossover from ice hockey to ball is that if you if you come with that that general knowledge anyway of positioning like you're already um uh, at an advantage I think sometimes girls that have have no hockey background whatsoever whether it's roller or ice they really struggle to get used to it because I think for for anyone at any level ice hockey tactics and stuff like forechecking backchecking like power play setups umbrellas all that stuff 
all that is like really complicated if if you if you don't have much of a background and sometimes that's that's the last thing to to kind of grasp um but it it all the tactics that we use are, are probably very very similar if not almost identical to some of the tactics that we use in ice um just some things you change a little bit because you've got a bit more room um but it's i would definitely say it's it's very very similar okay and before before i move on to your uh, your international experience at, at ice in a bit more detail um one of our committee members is a is a big ball hockey player um is rob grant um oh yeah how would, how would you describe rob's play on on the court? rob's play um i mean I, I couldn't really give you a list of things that i've um been writing down in a notebook about him but <laughs> i'm sure i've took the ball off him a few times that's fair enough. I just wanted to see what you'd say. Uh, um, so, uh, you uh, last year you made your your debut with uh, GB Ice Hockey. Um, yeah. I came to one of your games and it was the only game you lost of the uh, the, oh, yeah. the week. So the I, apolo- I apologize for jinxing you. That's awful. Um, yeah. <laughs> first and foremost, how did you how did you get involved with the program from from your league hockey and and things like that? Um. I think they, the year that it st- came around in 2018, I think they had um, open trials um, and my coach for Whitley at the time, Jane, uh, she just said, why not just go and just, just see what's what's happening? Um, nothing to lose kind of thing, because I, I had trialed before in the past. Um, I had been sort of in, in the initial squad uh 2016 I think um made it to kind of like the final hurdle and then it was between me and a couple of players and then I didn't get to make um world championship team so I think from from then and having a few knockbacks um I'd always been a bit apprehensive but then since I started picking up ball hockey a bit more seriously and and working on fitness and stuff I just had a bit of a a new a new spring to it and I thought I may as well just just try see what happens definitely nothing to lose um so I just went for it and then every kind of stage it just kept saying oh like we'd like to ask you back and and then eventually I was just kind of standing on the blue line and Dumfries so it was all a bit of a bit of a whirlwind really it went went so quick um but I was really grateful and, and proud to be there um I was quite happy to go as a as a spare, really, to be honest, and then ended up picking up a few points and stuff. So I was quite glad that I'd, I'd made the most of it, of what I could. Yeah, um, and I think Whitley Bay had a cup. Was it Abby with you as well? Was she? she yeah, Whitley Abby Colshaw well? and um, Casey Trail. I mean, she plays over in uh, America uh, University, but she is like from Whitley Bay and, and was still registered with us at Whitley. Yeah. Um. So was it was it good to have sort of a couple of teammates there as well? Had they been there before, or was that their first yeah. time too? Yeah. It was. Um. Abby had been to to senior worlds the year before. Um. And she's played um eighteens throughout, like since since she was pretty young. I think since fourteen. Um. Maybe she's even younger. Um. So she's had like quite a, a big experience with all the the tournaments and stuff. Whereas my experience of international tournaments has mainly been ball hockey or some of the England programs. Um. And then Casey's been to a few as well with uh, seniors. So, I mean, 
there's there's not really anyone on the team that doesn't know each other. Like we've all crossed paths, played on a team with each other somewhere, whether it's ball or roller or ice somewhere. Um, so it, it's it's good to have that all like everyone's a familiar face really especially I'm like one of the older players so a lot of those players I've kind of grown up with playing like through like conference or England women and things like that so it, it's like everyone has got something to to lend to each other in terms of experience and expertise so it's it's always a like a, a welcoming environment in that sense which which puts you at ease a little bit especially if if it's your first time and was it was it a good thing do you think uh, for you uh, sort of being in your own backyard in Dumfries I know it's not quite your backyard but yeah <laughs> near, near enough um so was that was that was that good was that helpful to sort of you know the pressure of it all or yeah I think it, de- it definitely added to the experience I think everyone calls it home ice even though it's technically in Scotland I think it's that that kind of British um pride that we have that we loved the fact it was on home ice and and for me with it being my first one it meant my family could be there as well um that our games because we were the host nation like the 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 rink was full which just added to the experience and um like the atmosphere was was something that you could really like get some energy for a play in um my some of my students as well from uh college that I work at they they came up on a trip for the first game uh, against Australia so that was also another little experience that added to it which just made us feel more positive about the the week and took some nerves away um but I think just because it was on home ice there was a lot of pressure obviously and I know we didn't come away with gold but I think there was a lot of things that we did come away with that we knew would 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 get next time and uh you said you mentioned you got a couple of points do you, do you want to talk us through through those yeah, um, one of them was in, um, over, I think it was overtime against Mexico. Um, I don't know whether it actually should have went to somebody else, to be honest, because I was a bit shocked when I when I heard that a point had gone to me. I know I was on the ice at the time, um, but I'm not entirely sure if it was definitely me that that maybe made a pass. But still, I'll I'll take the fact that I was on the ice anyway. Um, and then the the second point that I got was. Um, assisted the goal that eventually won the silver medal so it was it was 1-1 against Korea um I remember coming up the the boards on the right um and just I went I looked up to to pass to um somebody in defense and I just I just took a quick turn and slap shotted it low towards the the um the pads on the ice something that we had been working on um, through the week was shooting low on on the pad so that the goalie would rebound it like to literally out in front of the net. So I thought I'll I'll just take a shot, took a quick shot, and then um, Shannon Douglas was right on the net and just chipped it over the keeper, and then we managed to keep two one until the end, and that was the silver medal. So um, I was pretty proud to be part of that, but just in general being part of the entire week and seeing some of the skill of the players that we have in this country whether they're playing abroad or or within our setup is it's it's just something really good to be a part of yeah um i mean that korean goalkeeper i i remember was was pretty incredible in the game i can't remember who she was playing when i watched yeah saw korea that day because i was there the whole day yeah uh, so you know um 
good, good on you for for getting an assist in that game in there. And the one in the one against Mexico, I mean, Tony Hand made a career out of those sorts of assists. So yeah, <laughs> yeah why why not take it? Exactly. Um, so um, obviously, unfortunately, this season got got cut down a little, got cut with uh, COVID and everything like that. Well, yeah. What was sort of happening in the in the league for for you guys with the the Whitley Bay Women's and and uh, what was the situation with GB? Were you looking to go again to I think it was Spain this year? Yeah, yeah, we were due to go to Spain, um, which is is luckily being um, set for the same place just just next year, um, mid April hopefully. Um, in terms of Whitley, um, th- I mean this season was um, would totally set out to 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 win the league to be promoted to elite or nothing like that that was the the only option we had um because um we had worked hard to recruit a few more players and build in some developing girls as well just that we had a good good number and make everything viable and then that got cut short and it was just just really really disappointing um because we know now we've got like another entire year wait until we we do get to elite because that that is the ultimate goal um, but I, but now I mean it was pretty good in that first, and we thought, oh, sort of like what what's the point? Just kind of feeling the emotions of it at first. But I think now as a team, we're we're pretty excited to get back to it if we can. Um, and because we've got quite a few players that that want to be a part of the setup, so again we're we're still building on things that we can take into next year, and then just hopefully get to elite the year after. Um, and uh, yeah, you were uh, you guys. From what I seen, we're doing fairly well in the in the Premier League. You were in the Division One. Was that two seasons before, one season before? Uh, yeah, two seasons before. So last season we're in Prem, and then yeah, the season before was Div One. And uh, I mean, obviously one of the the big things I suppose in Prem is is the travel. Is it is it is it the tickets toll on you after a while? Just having to travel all over the country. Um, to be honest, no, because that I think that's the that's a part of um. It being so enjoyable at, at Whitley is that we are one of the furthest team out, um, apart from Solway, I guess, but they play mainly northern teams. But because we've always been that team that's pretty far away and like the setup of, of the Premier League and also Division One is all is changed all like over time. It's always had some southern teams and only a few northern, or sometimes it's had more northern teams and southern that we've always just been prepared to travel and we always filter that into our costs, but we always make like a massive deal about bus trips. Like we, we just absolutely love them. We've got Danielle Turnbull. She is um, the 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 activities coordinator on our team. So she's always got things up her sleeve to do on bus trips. And um, we had a Welsh theme when we went to Cardiff. A lot of Tom Jones on that one. So we, we tend to just like really milk the the bus trips, which to be honest is probably the, the most enjoyable part of the entire. Um, season, so we don't mind it. That, that's just part of the package, I guess, at Whitley. Um, yeah, and I, mean, I remember I, I think I interviewed Danielle on one of your road trips. Yeah, uh, you did. I, yeah, we felt that that was on the activities agenda. Danielle's interview. <laughs> um, now, I, I, I was, I'm a bit of a geek, so I looked up your uh, your elite prospects um, before I before I came on here. Um, you played not. You've not always played for Whitley. I've seen. Uh, you played for yeah. Nor- Northern Stars Ladies. Now, are they now defunct? Are they still around? To- nah, that I think that only had one season. That, that they played out of um, the uh, Newcastle Arena, 
um, which they used to be the Newcastle Lady Vipers. And then I think when when Billingham Ice Rink was closed to be rebuilt or redone, whatever was happening, um, all the junior teams moved to the arena under the Northern Stars um, like name. So that's the women's team was formed as the Northern Stars as well, wearing the same shirts. Uh, but I think they only lasted a year, the women's team. I might be wrong, but I only played a few games and then moved back to Whitley. Yeah. Uh, just because I moved, I moved home. So I moved out for uni and then I moved home for a little bit. So I, I couldn't like travel there and the rink's only around the corner from my family home at the time. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you also had a, a stint with the, the Billingham Wildcats. Are, are oh, they I st- did. Are they still on the go as well? Or? Nah. We have we have all their players now, so we we stole everyone from there. They they, they folded. I mean they they've always done really well, um, and I think the year the year that they folded, they actually won the league um, in Div One. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they did. Um, and then after that, I, I don't think they had enough players to to sign or make it viable. So when they folded, we um, they they all kind of came to us and joined Whitley. And I mean they still moan about it all the time, but I I know they like it better. Um, in terms of, in terms of the the uh, the women's leagues, what what sort of like ga- days do you guys normally play and, and things like that? Because I know people would maybe come and watch these games, but they're not always the best promoted, or people aren't as w- yeah. aware of them as as they maybe should be. So, yeah. what sort of times and things do you guys play? Um, it varies. I think well, at our ice rink, Whitley, we normally play um, on a Sunday at twelve. But it used to be a Sunday at four, and sometimes it used to be a Saturday at twelve. Um, so there's never really a, a, a permanent time slot. We tend to just get the leftovers, what the juniors haven't, or what the Warriors haven't claimed, and and stuff like that. Um, so it, there's never really a, a general time slot for us. I think a lot of other teams though in the country have have their own slot that they always have every year. Like Nottingham always have a really a late one for us in terms of travel at like half five at night. So by the time that's done, it means we get back quite late. Um, but they're never really overly well promoted. But I think it's just because like we don't make any money for the rink. Like if anything, we'll probably um, give them a few more costs with keeping the lights on and stuff when we're training. But I, I think in terms of our team, like we we do quite a lot on social media, and we we have had quite a big follow in the past few years from. Um, just changing how much we post and little things that we do. So in in from in response to that, that's actually helped with our recruitment as well. Like we've got quite a few girls that have ended up signing our start in hockey purely from um, how much we bash social media. So in a sense, we we can kind of do our own promotion. Yeah, and uh, certainly that's how I've been aware of, of some of your games anyway. And uh, um. I'm sure I, I'm sure I, I like the page, so I hope I do. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, I've seen you give a few cheeky likes. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, because you you were you, I think posted a toilet roll video before we did. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I think we we challenged you to that, didn't we? I think I think, I think possibly yes. Uh, yeah. So no, that um again it's it's another one of these uh, these good things. I mean, we've had the, this Twitter league during lockdown, and I think it's been yeah. quite quite good i think we have now challenged slough to a game which is oh yeah bit of a bit of a trek but yeah <laughs> um, yeah it's a bus journey yeah so speaking of bus journeys and things it sounds like you have a really good time with the with the, the whitley ladies and things but what's it uh, what's your your favorite sort of travel story from from ball or ice hockey 
trip, like as in like a like a tr- like a full trip, like a a tournament or just uh, well either a road trip or whether you know you went away for a week or a weekend and you know. Um, so there's any comedy stories that we should oh, we should know about? I mean, there's there's probably quite a lot that I definitely can't really um, give away, but pro- probably the most recent one like. We had a double header at Cardiff and Bracknell. Um, I mean, there's nothing really overly funny about it. They're all kind of you had to be there, but it's just it's just really good crack. Like, and I know you know Danielle Turnbull, and a lot of people listening will know her. Like, she's just like she's just an amazing person. She's absolutely hilarious in like anything you do. Like, she'll just make like so many funny like games and stuff like that, and it keeps everyone going. I think just that like we have that every every time on the road trips like it's always just hilarious and but every time we go away we always end up like something always goes wrong like with the the hotel's been like double booked like it was in um in Bracknell and stuff like that and we've had to like fight with the people to to get the right rooms or like we playoffs one year we went to Frankie and Benny's and like the only so they only brought someone out like one hash brown and there was like a massive kickoff and it was really embarrassing and obviously everyone's looking at all these Geordies shouting at the, the staff and stuff so I think just any, anywhere we go we always seem to just be like a bit loud and obnoxious and just things always seem to go wrong but it, it's always like part of it like it's just just funny um but I can't really think of anything specific but it's just generally any any time we go away in terms of Whitley, it, it's just just hilarious, and I think that's most of the reason why people join, to be honest, because it's just just more of like a getaway from stuff, just to have a laugh. Cool, cool. And now, um, as I said, as I told you before we we started the podcast, I, I did ask some people uh, about questions, and I didn't get really any. But Shannon said I need to get good old Shania Twain in there somewhere. Now, <laughs> I remember the Steel Queens kind of have adopted that completely as their song. Um, yeah. Through Shannon and, and Vicky Carson, I suppose directly. Did you have a hand in that? Was that your? Uh, yeah, I think to be honest, Carson. I mean, Carson tells stories for Scotland. Like she'll just tell you a story, and you'll be listening. Then there'll just be like a, just a total twist of events at the end. And she told us this one about how um I something I don't I can't even remember. It was her and her brother um drinking loads of cans, obviously um. And she's going to hate us for not remembering it, but something to do with drinking cans. And then every time someone sang the start of Shania Twain, you had to finish the end of it or something like that. So I think from that, because the start of that Shania Twain song is so like loud and it, it, you can just turn it into a football chant. We ended up just doing it at uh, Nationals a couple of years ago and it, we managed to get every single person in the rink doing it any time you started it. You, you had to make sure you joined in on the second note otherwise you had to take a drink and then it ended up being that every single person knew it and you would hear random people um singing the start of man i feel like a woman so it's ma- mainly carson she did spread that a little bit but it it was me and shannon that that um were the back and singers to that that managed to get that out public right so the award i gave for uh Shannon should have been shared with with you and uh, and Vicky there. <laughs> um, yeah, probably. But uh, Shannon's definitely got the loudest voice out of us three, like so. I think she does deserve it. <laughs> um, and the the other one, uh, someone I got I got word that you uh, you seem to know a little bit of Slovak, uh, some Slovak words. I don't know if you want to educate people with some common <laughs> Slovak words. 
Did Carson ask you that one? It was actually it was actually Beth Schoon that mentioned it. Oh, was me, it? Yeah. Um, Slovak words, no, but I do make some up. Um, but also, usually, I mean, this is more Carson, to be honest, that pushes this. But we we tend to make puns out with some of the like Slovak shop names and stuff. Um, there is a few videos kicking about. Um, but I'll I'll say no more than that. Um, now one of the things I I was going to ask you about is that you, you seem to certainly in GB ball and and in and GB uh, women's ice I've seen quite a lot of these sort of you know videos where you guys are walking through the town. Um, the most recent yeah. one you shared a memory of I think it was cheerleader. Um, the girl yeah. the girl who was holding the camera at the end didn't know the words. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jenny. Yeah. What's 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 been your uh, your favourite one of those to to sort of be involved in? Um, probably that one to be honest, because that that was at the first ball worlds in in Switzerland, um, in a place called Zug, and the place was amazing. Um, and it was just just on the off chance, I just thought like like we loved that song. It had just come out. Um, and we just decided to do a stupid video, and then it only took like three takes. Um. So it was it was just kind of off the cuff thing walking to the rink and then it ended up getting um, shared like thousands and thousands of times um, and then shared by this like Switzerland page as well and like the tournament page so it made us a bit famous for the week um, but I think it was just kind of off the cuff like just being daft and then it keeps resurfacing and it's just it's just embarrassing every time it comes out because none of us really knew the words like but. It's just a good bit of crack and just good stuff to to look back on to remember the week with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, um, I, I I do like that song. It's a it's a it's a floor filler that song. So. Oh yeah, it's, it's a classic. It's a feel good <laughs> banger. Um, now, um, correct me if I'm wrong. In ball hockey, they seem to do they do draft tournaments. Is that is that yeah. correct? Um, and I suppose the nearest thing that that's we have is maybe something like the Scooney Cup. Do you think there's a benefit in doing more tournaments in ice hockey where there's there's sort of players are getting mixed up with maybe people they don't know before and things like that? Yeah, yeah, definitely 100%. I think we even said at, at Scooney's tournament, like, this needs to happen more often. Like, even if it's, like, in the off-season, like, that that was, wasn't it? Because it was, like, June. Um, was it June? Yes. Yeah. 9th of June, yeah. That was it, yeah. Like, even if it's in off-season, like, it would be like so so good to get together i know that they do swindon tournament um for for the girls uh which we we as whitley have never been to but we we're trying to get there this year but obviously i think it's cancelled but yeah. sometimes that's a little like bit far for us because it's like right in swindon um and then it's a bit expensive as well but i think even just having a few tournaments whether it's like a draft thing or just like a get together like scoonies was it definitely needs to happen more often for women's because it, it, sometimes just playing with like some different people or mixing like I met quite a few people there that like I still speak to now or like would say hello at like the next kind of uni tournament and stuff so even things like that kind of networking as well a bit with with different people that you might not normally come across so I think that that was part of it as why it was so enjoyable and uh yeah in, in that tournament um you had you obviously wore a, a king's shirt for the yeah. Uh, how did it feel wearing a king shirt after all those years? Um, it it was all right. I mean, it didn't fit. I don't know if that's a maybe a bit of a sign, but uh, yeah, it was it was good. I mean, I, to be fair, I I love them shirts. Like that design for the the new king stuff is is really nice. I quite I quite like a um a design like that. But 
um yeah it was good it was good to be back in a northumbria shirt in general anyway yeah and um, the one thing i remember well i remember a lot of that tournament one of the main things i remember that tournament you you and uh, louise's sort of mind melt um, against yeah. the against the steel queens it was a backhand pass from louise that completely fooled everyone yeah our, our goalie had been playing 18 months you scored top corner our goalie had been playing 18 months was like i should have got that one <laughs> and I just remember her being quite cross with herself, and I was like, "That's two, oh, two full internationalists that just pulled a move." <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, she, she had us working hard though in that in that game. So I had to. I didn't even know she'd only been playing eighty months. That's unreal. Yeah, yeah. Incidentally, the the nationals where the Steel Queens sort of adopted the uh, the um, Shania Twain thing as their yeah. their post goal um, sort of chant. That yeah. was she'd only been playing sort of two and a half months at that point. Oh yeah. Um. So she, uh, yeah, she worked hard to get to get better. So that was that was good. Oh, that's good. Um. Yeah. Uh, now I know that you play as you coach as well. Um. Or are you still coaching as well? As yeah. You? Well, I, I'm the player coach of Whitley, and then I coach, uh, my own ball hockey club, which has been going since 2016, and then I I am involved in the Whitley Junior setup as well. Just helping here and there. And um, obviously, what's what's the main sort of reward you get out of coaching? What what do you enjoy most about that? Um, to be honest, just just seeing the kids, just absolutely love it. Like I do, it's not just because I play ice hockey and stuff, but I, I do really feel like hockey is just so different to to football and stuff. Because I've I've played football before, and part of the reason I stopped when I was younger is just because. It just wasn't like the right crack as as it is with hockey. Like it just doesn't feel as as um um what's the word? Like I don't know, it's just there's just something different about other sports, whereas hockey is just something else. Like you learn so many other kind of like life skills that you don't realise you you you're learning. You meet so many people. Like you were saying before, like me and Louise are good friends and like she lives down in like Guildford, like most people are kind of like that. Like most of your good friends from hockey live like hundreds of miles from you, and I think that's part of it. And I just like to see some of the kids just like starting their journeys like that. And even when we've been at different tournaments, like I've brought a few um, of my kids from ball hockey, um, a couple of the girls to like GB uh, women's ball hockey trials, and they've met like other people from all over. Um, and they've like made friends for life. I think it's that that part of it that I enjoy seeing like kids starting their journeys on that, and then of course obviously just like getting better and finding their own um skills and their own kind of type like making their own type of player that they are. I think that that's just something that you can kind of see every, every week. It it happens. And uh, that's a very good answer. Um, okay. So the next thing I was going to ask you about is uh. As I, as I I forewarned you uh, when I messaged you about this, um, you have possibly one of the most picture perfect wrist shots I've seen. Um, <laughs> do, you, do would you like to sort of talk uh, through the listeners as to how, you know how you execute that wrist shot or? Um, well, actually, I'm feeling a bit sensitive about it at the minute because I was playing roller hockey yesterday with a bunch of um, I'll just say males, um, and one of them said actually that I was shooting wrong. Um, but I do think it was a bit of a chirp because I did score a few more goals than him, so I'll I'll just let it slide if I'm honest. Um, however, I, I, I don't really know because then when you asked me that about Marisha, I did reply saying I, I wasn't really aware it had been um, of note. So 
um i think just in in terms of shooting and stuff like i've always had a goal in my garden and, and things like that and i'm a bit obsessive so I, I tend to just be repetitive with stuff so whether i've turned out to be doing it right or wrong i just kind of do it quite a lot quite repetitively that i guess i've maybe formed some sort of technique but i, I definitely would not be able to break it down for you i just see the puck and ping it <laughs> that's that's fine that's a, that's a good sound bite see the puck and yeah. ping it i like that yeah um and for and for shooting obviously you, you mentioned ball hockey and, and ice are different do you do you practice with a ball maybe for half an hour and then maybe with a puck for half an hour or yeah i sometimes mix it up um i mean i've probably been doing it more with a puck recently um but if i if i do it with a ball i'll maybe just do like 10 pucks and then a few balls and then a few pucks but I, I feel that if even if I practice with a puck it still helps us um with my shooting in ball even though I'm not using the ball because I just maybe just practice like shooting a bit lower and stuff like that uh, I use the same stick and and stuff so it, it doesn't really matter you just need to kind of tweak where you you end it off a little bit so that the ball doesn't go right up in the air because it tends to just fly straight up okay okay um and uh just uh, you mentioned you've been doing a lot of roller roller hockey because the uh, the rinks are closed. Is uh, yeah. is roller blading in a car park um, as rough as skating on Whitley Bay ice rink? You know what? It's it's a tough contender, <laughs> and I'm gonna say it's probably on par. Um, however, I do find sometimes. I can glide a bit smoother on on some of the new car parks around here, but that's that's no no disrespect to Whitley Bice Rink. It's just there is a few new bits of tarmac. That's all I'm saying. Whitley, I I, I actually like Whitley Bay. It's totally totally unique, and I also scored yeah. my first. Uh, I think it was my first uni goal there because because of one of the sort of uh, divots in the ice. It took, oh, the park yeah. was going wide, and it hit the end of it hit, and it rolled in the court in the bottom corner. Brilliant. So. <laughs> Good assist by Whitley Bay. Yeah. Um. So no, I, I, I do, I do have a soft spot for Whitley Bay. Um. Couple, couple more questions, and I'll let you go because it's obviously it's getting on a bit. But um. Yeah, sure. Uh, you've obviously you've been lots of places. I mentioned uh, what's your what's your best trip. Who who's the sort of loudest uh, roommate you've you've ever shared a room with? Oh God. Um. Loudest roommate. Well, Vicky Carson is. I mean, she's something else, isn't she? Like, I've I've only known her a couple of years. Um, first, first um, sort of got wing of her when she came to uh, one of the nationals with Shannon. It was Shannon Lang that in- introduced me to her, and she's just I've never met anyone like her, and that is an absolute compliment. Um, and then she came to our the first under twenties GB ball, um, when me and Rachel Sorrell were. Uh, coaching and she's she's just wild but wild in a good way in a sense that she's like so good with some of the younger players like she's such a good role model um but she's just absolutely hilarious like just has you laughing every single second whether I've been coaching her or whether I've been playing alongside her because obviously she made seniors um and rightly so in 2019 with us when we went to Kasicha um with the seniors and I was sharing a room with her then and she's she's just ridiculous but it's it's she just she, any any time I've been away whether it's just for a day or like a camp or a week or a tournament she's always made it um she she's I can't even 
use a word to describe her but she, I know everyone who knows her if anyone's listening know exactly what I mean <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I, I actually incidentally expected her name might come yeah. out at some point um in in regards to that um now there's there's quite a lot of uh a lot of talent very talented ice hockey players come out of, out of the northeast of Whitley Bay and I think mm. at some point they've played for. Is there so- something in the water in Whitley Bay? I mean, you've got Abby Kilshaw, you've got Danielle. Um, I don't think Becky Kasner Woods from there, but because uh, I'm sure she played she's, for Murrayfield. She's, she's from Scotland, but she she lived um in the northeast a, a long a long time. Um, and she she played for Whitley before me. Um, so she's kind of one of my mentors to be honest. Like I've grown up uh, under under her wing, under her hockey wing. Um, trying to think. I mean, to be honest, there's a there's a massive pool. Like there's a lot that came from uh, Sunderland as well when they had a team and then moved to um, moved to the the arena when it was the Vipers and the Northern Stars. Like the, there's definitely something in the water, but I th- I, th- I think it's from just that kind of era of like the 80s and 90s when like the, the men's hockey was just so good. Like there was just something something about like northeastern ice hockey that that everyone wanted a part of and a lot of those players like Becky and and uh, some of the the older players as well older than Becky um they kind of started in that era like just before me like late 80s 90s um when there was that big northeast hockey buzz so I think it it maybe comes from that um which there was a bit of a like a dry spell when when I started I think I was the only girl in the entire setup um but then now um, there's been quite a few over the years, and then again there's been like another influx. So we've got 11 girls at the moment in the junior setup, um, which is which is huge. It's the biggest it's ever been for a while, um, and they're all in like the younger age groups, like under 13s, under nines, and stuff. So there's there's going to be that 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 generation is is soon to grow up into and kind of replace everyone, which which I I love. It's good. That's that's great to hear. Um, is there anything you think that we should be doing to to bring more girls in? Is it or is it just a case of we have to maybe showcase the 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 women who are already playing and and playing at a good level? So you know it seems more attainable for maybe someone who's trying to choose what sport they want to play. Yeah, I think I think there was a massive step this year, well last year made with like our tournament being on free sports. Um, obviously all the games were live for the women's and. I think that that opened up quite a lot of just a conversation. I think a lot of people didn't even know there was a national team for women, never mind ice hockey played by women in this country. Um, I think that that helped a lot, but I think it slowed down a little bit. But I feel in terms of um, like getting juniors into ice hockey, obviously it's no secret that it's a really expensive sport. And um, a lot of the time you start because you, there's somebody else in your family that plays so you can borrow their kit or the rink might be lucky to have spare kit to, to lend you, um, which is always a good way to get into it. But w- once you kind of find your feet, like it, it can be very expensive. And I think sometimes girls tend to drop off um, after under 13s, under 16s, because they, they don't get as much ice time as the boys who tend to have a bit of a growth spurt, uh, a strength spurt and stuff. So they tend to drop off a little bit and think well what's the point if I'm only playing you know a couple of shifts a game and my parents are paying like 80 pound a month um I feel to to maybe even stop the dropout as well as get people into the sport is to 
allow girls to play um like down in age group I, I don't think they're allowed to do that anymore um whereas they i'm sure they used to be able to play like say if you played that's, under 13s you could play nines as well that's that's right i think you used to be able to play down for at least it was at least a year yeah kirsten, something like that kirsten BE used to do that with with yeah. field when i was a, a junior um certainly and she was probably our best player um yeah well that's that's another um one who was a legend in the northeast as well kirsten when she played for newcastle viper she was by far the best the best player in, in that kind of era i'm still I, I talk to her quite often i'm trying to get her to come back and, and she's she's almost saying yes well, you can pass on that Rambo says she should come back as well. Cause she yeah, was, I'll tell her. She'll have my, chance to say yes. You know, she was one of my favourite D when I was a, when I was a yeah. goalie back in the day. So I, I used to love watching her skate. She was brilliant. Yeah. Um, she once got a 10 minute though for saying okay to a referee, which I didn't like. <laughs> <but> <laughs> it that might sounds have, like Kirsten. Like. It, it might have been the tone. Um. <laughs> yeah, it will it, definitely have been the tone. <laughs> um, so... Uh, Steph, is is there anyone you want to give a, a big shout out to? Is there anything you think we've not covered? Um, I don't want to, I'm getting very aware that I've I've taken up a lot of your time tonight after right. for the day out. That's fine. Um, probably just a shout out to my team, Whitley. I think as everyone's kind of, I mean, if hopefully they'll have a listen to this and my horrible voice, but I think everyone maybe feeling a little bit disheartened about the season I think I mean everyone's probably worried about whether it'll come back um in the time that we think it will um so just a shout out to everyone really just to kind of hang on keep going and we'll be back to business soon well I hope so and I hope to uh to see you see you guys on the ice at some point we'll we'll have to get that that Steel Queen's uh Whitley game sorted out at some point I'm sure yeah definitely looking Uh, forward to that yeah so thank you very much for your time and uh It's been great having you. Yes, thank you, Rambo.